listening to the teaching of Doxa Church. Doxa is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Uh, if you got a Bible... Turn into 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13 this morning. We're going to continue our series that we've been in, Awake with Hope. And man, I'm just so happy this isn't Judges. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Glad we're finished with that. But uh, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was, uh, it was something I was, I was, as I was studying this passage this week, as, as, uh, as, as David and I were talking and you know, we was like, man, he's going to he's going to Illinois. He needs to be with his with his dad and with his family. And and, and Amanda, I'm just going to tell you right now, she runs things around here. Um, she basically come in the office. She goes, David, he's preaching. You go be with your family. We're like, yes, you, yeah, that's what we did. We were just like, yes, ma'am. Um, but as I started to study this passage, the first thing that I thought of, I mean, as soon as I read it, the first thing that come to mind was. Back when I was probably about six, five, six years old, back when we were, when we had, my church, when I grew up, I grew up in, in Southern Baptist Church, and, and uh, we had, on Wednesday nights, uh, we had mission friends and RAs and GAs. Yeah, some of y'all like, yeah, we know what that's about. And if you were lucky enough, if you were a teenager, you had act teens, okay? It just kept going. But it was, this is what, the Southern Baptist Church is what they used to, to, uh, to teach kids about missions. And I remember, oh man, Mission Friends was something, I loved it. Uh, we had so much fun. There was a kid in there that ate Play-Doh. It was so fun. Um, my memories, this is just all I remember. But the one thing I do remember was a sweet lady, Miss Grace Collins. Uh, she went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. She was 95. She, man, she was just, she was amazing. I, I just remember how much I loved uh, being around her. Even as I had grown up, like she would, I remember she would come walking down the street. She lived a street over from my grandma. And she would come walking down the street and like they would, they would sit, she would come and sit and talk to my grandma and I love Miss Grace. But, you know, she, we, we got, we learned all the songs, you know, Jesus loves me and Jesus loves the little children and, you know, Father Abraham and why we moved our arms and legs. I have no idea. Um, you know, but one of the, one of my favorite things that she taught us, this little, little rhyme and it had hand motions and everything, but it was, it was, y'all, y'all probably know it's, it's, here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people, right? See, some of y'all know. Some of y'all, yeah, I'm taking y'all back to your childhood this morning. Yeah, some of y'all are like, man, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I just I couldn't help but think about this. The whole time I'm reading through this passage, I couldn't help but think about this. Because honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and give you, this is the main point of the whole message. Church is about people. Like church is about people. And Paul understood that. Paul understood that church is about relationships. It's about this relationship that we have with God and with others. It's the center and the heart. See, it's it, the, the relationships, the people, they're at the center. And, and, and Paul was at this point with the Thessalonians that this is his heart. We see his drive. We see his passion here. So like I said, if you've got a Bible, 1 Thessalonians Chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 13. Just, li just listen. Listen to Paul. Just, um, man, this is so good. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. 
For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus Christ and the prophets, and, dro and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. Catch this. Just, I want you to hear his heart here. Just This is so good. Verse 17, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Man. Do you feel that? Do you feel the love that Paul had for this church, for these people? I mean, we, we started this whole series with this, this letter. Is this the I can't get you off my mind letter, right? And, and we see this relationship with Paul and these people and just how much he loved them. But, but I want you to see there's two relationships I want you to see this morning that come from this passage. And the first one is a relationship with God. I want you to see, just see Paul there, Paul's heart there. He says, in verse 13, he says, And we also thank God constantly for this, okay? That when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as, as Paul preaching or as them preaching, but you received it as for what it really was. It was the word of God, which was at work in you believers, you see, that relationship, the thing that started with the Thessalonians, the thing that Paul loves so much about these people is that they have a relationship with God that started with them hearing and receiving the word through the Holy Spirit. That's where it begins. So this morning, as we look at these two relationships that Paul talks about here in this, in this passage, I want you to just, let's just start from the beginning. We, we sang about a firm foundation. This is it. The foundation can't get much firmer than this. It's hearing the word of God and realizing that he is God, that he sent his son Jesus to die on this earth, that he loved you so much that he did that, that he rose again, and that he prepares a place for you. It's the gospel. This is what Paul was preaching. And through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit's power and conviction, they believed that. And so they started this relationship with God. And so they became intertwined with Paul right then through the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ahead of myself. Better slow down. Mm. So good. But we saw this all the way back in chapter 1, verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You see, a relationship with God is, 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 is not just like a relationship with a father and a child. It's, it's powerful. Because there's a whole spiritual, there's a supernatural component to it. Because it's all, it, it all starts with the Holy Spirit. It all starts with the gospel. And when the gospel comes and we hear it and we believe it and we have faith that it's true, it's the Holy Spirit that works in us. And so we have this relationship with God that we can't really explain. I can't explain to you what just happened in here. Right? I mean, worship was amazing, right? It always is. But there's something that happens when we worship God. Because there's this... There's this as a pastor of mine that I listened to, he said there's this convergent space between heaven and earth, and we sort of get as close as we can to it. 
man, that, I mean, that happened. Like that just, I'm sorry, okay? I've been to concerts. I love music, okay? I saw the Eagles back in 96. I'm dating myself, okay? Yeah. <laughs> there was no convergent space there, okay? When they sang of Hotel California, no. it was fun, okay? But there was none of that, okay? When, I, when, when I'm going down the road and I'm listening to that song, don't feel the same thing I do as when, 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 than what happened this morning, okay? Just say it. Because there's something different. There's something different in that relationship. You see, and Paul even said there toward the end of verse 13, he said, it's not just that you receive the word, but, but the word is changing you. It's at work in you believers, you see, once, once we have this relationship, once, once we're received, the Word of God becomes an active power in operating continually in a believer's life. Like once that moment happens and you start your relationship with God, you will never be the same again. Never. It starts to continually mold and shape you. It, continu- it works in you. It moves in you. It convicts you. This is called sanctification. And so a relationship with God that's made manifest through his word, it changes us through this relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go get into it because I don't know it all. I definitely don't know it all. But this is, this is why the Trinity is so amazing. We can have a relationship with the Father, but it's through the Holy Spirit that we have that. Because of what Jesus, the Son, did on the cross. That's the Trinity at work. And so this morning, our relationship with God comes through the Holy Spirit that is moving in this place right now. It's where we get our power from. It's where I have the ability to stand up here and do what I'm doing right now. It's through the Holy Spirit. And it's through that relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit you see, and so, so, the, so the, the word of God just worked in them. Now, how, how's that, how, how do you know that? How do you know, you may say, how do you know it worked in them? Well, look at verse 14. He said, for you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. They not only heard the word, they practiced it. They did what it said to the point that they became imitators of Paul. They became imitators of the churches that had come before them. They were, they were doing it. So it wasn't that they just heard the word, but they took what they heard and allowed the Holy Spirit to change them, and then they put that into practice. James 1, verse 25 says this, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts will be blessed in his doing. This is is the second part of this relationship with God. One, we have to receive it. And then the other thing is we have to allow it to work in our lives to to change us from the inside out. You see, that's the thing in churches a lot of times. And and again, growing up in church, and especially in the South, we have this this complex where we want to sell you fire insurance. Okay? Just being, I mean, some of y'all have been there, some of y'all know. All right? You go to a big rally somewhere, and I'm not saying these things are bad. I just don't want you to hear me. This is not bad, but I'm just saying sometimes it happens this way, okay? You go to these rallies. You go somewhere. You hear somebody preach that you'll probably never, ever meet. And at the end of it, it they're, they're scaring the literal hell out of you, okay? 
so that you'll, you'll have a conversion experience. They want you to, to, to have a relationship with God at that moment. But what they're really doing is they're, really, they're scaring hell out of you. Listen, that's, that can work. But unless that relationship, unless that moment that you either raised your hand or walked forward or knelt in prayer, whatever you did, uh, unless that moment that you were, you, 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 you did what you did in that moment, you accepted the, the Lord's invitation that you came down front or you prayed that prayer, unless you received the Holy Spirit in that moment and, and, and it started to change you, I'm not making an assumption, but listen, just trying to get out of hell is not a reason to be a Christian. I mean, if I just wanted to get out of hell, this would be easy. I wouldn't have to stand. I'd, just be, I'd stand up here and scare the hell out of you too. I mean, that's all I'd need to do. But that's not the point. You see, that's the thing. We, we men, this is the men, people, okay? This is what we do sometimes. This is why I love the church. And this is why Paul, listen, this is why we got a good letter down in Thessalonians and not a messed up one like Corinthians. Um, because, but Paul, listen, he's dealing with people because this is what we do. We'll take something good and something pure and we'll mess it up. All right, we will. We'll do it. Or we'll add layers to it, or we'll make it legalistic, or we'll say it has to be this way, or it has to be that. No, God's just saying, hey, I just want to have a relationship with you. I just want you to have faith in me, and then I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. And in some respects, I know God's told me this several times, just get out of the way. I just need you to let me work. And then try to figure it out later, going, God, why in the world did you do all that? How did all this happen? And you're sitting back going... I don't understand it. God's like going, yeah, I know. Ain't that amazing? This is called faith. But see, this, this first relationship is God speaking through his word, through this process of sanctification, through the Holy Spirit in us. Listen, we become doers of God. We become imitators because of the power that comes in us. Back in chapter 1 again, verse 7, Paul talks about this church, talks about these people, and he says they were examples to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. How do you become examples? It's when you step aside and you allow God to work in you and you become an imitator of what you see. I mean, just think about this for a minute. Paul was only there for a short time. And, and we read in this letter, and as we continue to study it and we continue to see it, this is one of the, I mean, this is a church that changed the world. I mean, listen, we're talking about a church that was established 2,000 years ago. Like, they changed the world. Like, we're, we're sitting here talking about this church, talking about this relationship that Paul had with them over 2,000 years ago, and it changed the world. Listen, that happened because of, of the Holy Spirit. That happened because of their relationship with God. That happened because God changes you. And so it brings us to our second relationship. It's the relationship we have with people. This is why Paul loved them so much because this group of believers got it. They understood it. They knew what it meant to be changed and they knew how to change the culture. They knew that if they just, uh, just allowed God to come in and just change them and if they were imitators of what they saw. Because listen, they knew what was going on with Paul. 
Like, I'm sure once Paul came into this, to, to Thessalonica in this region, I mean, and, and the way that he was driven out, they knew something was up. And so as this church is being established, I'm sure they're keeping up with him. They're keeping up with what's going on. They're trying to figure out, okay, okay, what, what, what do we do next? And Paul loves them so much, he's writing them letters back and forth. He's having correspondence. He's sending Timothy to them. He, he, he's, he's wanting to keep up with them. And so there's this, there's this relationship that he has that's with the people. And see, this is the other side of the coin. See, we have this relationship with God, but church isn't just me and my relationship with God. It's me and my relationship with God and then your relationship with God and how all of this works together. You see, because it would be so easy. I, and I'm, listen, I've talked to people about it, especially in our day and time now. It can be really easy for you to be a part of a couch congregation. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Get up on a Sunday morning, still in your, in your pajamas, you grab a cup of coffee, you turn on Facebook or YouTube, and you join a church. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's amazing that we can have the gospel just reach as far as it does. I'm thankful that we have people that are watching right now. Hey. <laughs> but there's nothing that substitutes from what we have right here. I can worship at home. I've done it. Okay? But it's not as much fun when the pig is trying to nudge your legs because he's hungry and the dogs are barking on the couch that you're singing than it is when I'm in here with the band and there's this, there's this, there's this thing that's happening. There's worship that's happening. You know, listening to David preach on my iPad and watching it on my iPad on my office where I know I'm going to doze off at least a couple times because that chair is so much more comfortable than these are. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. But there's no substitute for being in here and listening to the Word of God being preached. Because, see, the thing about it is, is you're, you're, you're here with other believers. Oh, man, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. Anyway, verse 17, I want you to see this. Mm. Listen, listen to Paul. Listen to Paul. This is so good. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, just feel that anguish. For a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. To understand this, there, there's an anguish there, okay? There, there's this deep, deep longing from Paul. The words torn away literally mean caused to be an orphan. Like, he was literally torn apart from these people. Like, remember, remember back in week one we talked about this in Acts 17. It talked about, you know, they, 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 were, they basically drove him out of town. Because he was preaching the gospel. They didn't want him to be there. And so they, he, 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 he left. He'd been with them for about three weeks. He'd been there for three Sabbaths. And then, and then he had to take off. But he, he wanted to be there. He was torn away from these people. He loved them so much he wanted to stay. And even here he says in this letter that Satan hindered him from coming back. I wanted to come back. He's like, Paul, me. I'm talking about me. I don't care about the other guys I'm with. I wanted to come back to you. But Satan hindered that. 
You see, there's this longing that he has with these people. He built relationships. And see, when we build relationships with people through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have this deep longing and desire to be with people. That's, again, that's why this is so important. As you become changed through, uh, through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, you have this love for people that you just can't understand. Listen, I, I mean, give you this example. I love, and I don't mean to do this, I'm not trying to polarize the room or anything, but I love Clemson football. Okay? Some people, okay, yeah, I know. Some of you, I've lost you from here to the end of the message. I mean, y'all, you're just looking at me different, and I'm sorry. And I love the guys that are on the field on Saturday. You know, I, no matter what anybody says, I, 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 I love DJ, sort of. Some of y'all don't. Some, again, I've lost some of y'all. He was a quarterback that wasn't that great. But I still love him. But, I, you know, there's a passion that I have for Clemson football, okay? There's a passion I have. Some of y'all know. Some of y'all have been to games with me. Some of y'all have seen me watch games. And, and it's an unhealthy passion sometimes. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. But here's the deal. If I saw them face to face, they're not face to face. This is going to be looking up like that. <laughs> but, like, if I saw them outside of their uniform and their helmet, because I don't know what they look like, okay, really? I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't love them that much. But if I saw them walking around Clemson on campus or whatever, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm, they're not going to want to hang out with me. And I'm, I don't know. I might want to hang out with them for a minute, but I don't know them. I just know them on Saturday. I just know them for that brief time, that three hours on Saturday, when they either make me the happiest person in the world or they break my heart. <laughs> and it's the truth. It's just the truth. But there's a different love that I have for that and those people than I do for my, you know, my family. And my friends and my, my church family. See, there's even a different love. And I'm going to take this. I know this is going to be like razor thin, but it is what it is. I love each and every one of you in here. But there's something about my life group. I love my life group. I'm not saying I love my life group more than y'all. Unless you're in my life group, then I am saying that. <laughs> but I love the people here at Docs. I love you guys, but I love my life group. Like, that's the, that's the, there's a difference. See, it's, it's, it's how deep we allow these relationships with people to go. But there's an even greater component. It's when, you, when you're with people that are like-minded, when you're with people that have the same spirit that you do, there's just something about it. Like, I can't explain it. I can't explain to you the energy that's in this room right now. It's the Holy Spirit. There's only, that's the only way to, to explain it. It's the Holy Spirit. Because again, yes, it's crazy on a Saturday in Death Valley with 80,000 people. But I don't feel the same way about them as I feel about you. As much as I'm high-fiving strangers and, you know, spelling Clemson without a P. Some of y'all got that. Sorry, I had to. There's just something about it. It reminds me of this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I think I've actually shared it before. But it's, this is my, it's one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 1. It starts in verse 37. And I'll read part of it. And it. It says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. 
And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of our Lord should come to me? Listen, just, just, to, just to give you a little bit about what's going on there, okay? Mary, the mother of Jesus, has just met with the Spirit and basically been told, you're going to have a baby, it's going to be a miracle, it's going to be Jesus, it's going to change the world, okay? And she can't contain herself. So she got to go tell somebody. Now, Elizabeth, her husband, has already met with an angel of the Lord. They've been told they can't have kids. The angel of the Lord said, yeah, guess what? You're going to have kids, and he's going to be special. And during this whole time, I'm going to shut your husband's mouth. <laughs> Don't all of you women say amen at once. Um, but these two miraculous things happen, okay? The Spirit has met with both of these families, and we know, like, later on, that's John the Baptist and Jesus, and it just, it started, like, that changes everything. But in this moment, Mary walks in the door of Elizabeth's house, and, it, it, and, and Zachariah's already been told that her baby, the baby she's carrying in her womb, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that moment that Mary walks into the room, and Elizabeth just senses her presence, the baby's going nuts. Like, he's, like, this is the first time. This is like, it's fetal worship, okay? That's what's happening. Like, John the Baptist is going nuts in her womb because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it's like chaos happens. It's like, like church. This is like church service happening right now. But that's what happens. Like, to me, I read that story and I'm going... That happens to me every Sunday. Like, I don't have a baby in my womb. It's probably what I eat for breakfast. But, <laughs> but I mean, when, when I get to be with you guys on Sunday morning, when I get to be with believers on a Sunday morning, like, I get excited about it. Like, I really do. I get excited to come to, listen, I get excited to, to, to watch the welcome team work. I get excited to come worship with a worship team. I get excited. To, uh, last week, was it last week, two weeks ago? I can't remember. Anyway, we did kids for the first time, and it was amazing. I can't wait to do it again. Like they, they, it was awesome. Uh, so if you, if you don't teach kids, you need to teach these kids. These kids are amazing. Um, they, it was just wonderful. But I enjoy, like, I love that. But I love this relationship that I have with people that are like me and the Holy Spirit. There's, that you can't explain it. And Paul was the same way. I mean, you think about this for a minute. There, there's this supernatural component that's stirred up when we get together. And then Paul, in verses 19 and 20, he tells him, he says, For what is our hope and our joy or a crown of boasting before the Lord it is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Listen, think about this for a minute. Paul, at this moment that he's writing this, is in a pretty rough place. He doesn't want to be where he's at. And he's thinking about these people. He's thinking about how bad he wants to be back with these people. He's longing to be with these people. He's in anguish because he's not with these people. But what's on his mind here? You see, when we build relationships with people through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have a deep longing and desire to see their eternity changed you see that's the other component about this that's the other relationship that we have with people because not every relationship that we have 
is a relationship with another believer. But we begin to have relationships with people who don't know Christ. And, and because we have Christ living inside of us, because we have the Spirit living inside of us, we long, I hope we do anyway, we long to see their eternity changed. Like that, that's the root of evangelism. That right there. That your heart is changed to the point to where it's just not enough that you've gotten to have a relationship with the Spirit. Just like Paul, it's not enough that he had an encounter with Jesus. He wants other people to have an encounter with Jesus. That's the same thing that we should do. As the Holy Spirit moves and works in our lives, as the Holy Spirit changes us through the Word of God, as the Holy Spirit brings us together, like what we ought to be about now is like, yes, we're together, this is fun, but this shouldn't be it. We should be expecting to have relationships with people that don't know Jesus because we want them to experience eternity. Like, I'm sorry, but it drives me crazy. When, when, and I've talked to, to believers before. I've talked to Christians before. I've, I've, you know, I've been to several different churches, and there's always somebody there. There's always one person. I just don't want my church to grow. I just, I like it the way it is. And I guess I get it to a point, maybe. I mean, if you're a church like us and we ain't got no more room, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like, okay, um, I can see that. But when there's just a few people in the pews and there's a lot of space and there's a lot of empty space and you hear that from somebody, I just don't know if I want my church to grow then what's it about? Just think about how selfish that is. Like, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, but I, I don't want our church, like, I'm, I'm, like, I don't want it to grow. What do you mean? You don't want to invite people to church? You don't want people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus? You don't, want to, you don't care about their eternity? That's my first thought in my head. Like, because that should be it. Like, like we are a church. Most of y'all know where I'm going with this. Like, Doxa is a church that's all about the Great Commission, right? I mean, that's our mission statement. We exist to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Go! Tell people about Jesus. Yes, some of y'all know where I'm going, all right? Like, this is what Paul has done. Like, you can see this with these group of people, these Thessalonians. Man, I mean, it's amazing to see this. They've become imitators of this church. Like, they, like again, back, back in verse 7, he said, in, in chapter 1, he said, they, they were examples to Macedonia and Achaia. They went out and they were seeking people who didn't know Jesus. Like, that ought to be it for us. Like, this is fun. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy coming together. I enjoy worshiping. I enjoy having life group. Like, those are all parts of, of the Christian life. But another huge aspect of it is if we have this relationship with God, if he changes us from the inside out, if the Holy Spirit is living in us, I want somebody else to experience what I experience on Sunday morning. I want somebody to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. I want them to know the freedom and the forgiveness that we talked about last week. Or was that two weeks ago? Was that last week? It was last week. I think I was in kids last week. That's why I was, okay. Because we talked about Jesus. That was a Sunday school joke. No, I'm sorry. 
like, well, you're always supposed to talk about Jesus. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I want people to understand that. I want people to know that. I want people to know how it feels to know that my sins have been forgiven. To, to know that, that God loved me so much, even when I deal with, with depression and anxiety, it doesn't matter. I've got a God that loves me so much that he died on the cross for me. Like, that's bigger than anything I'm dealing with on this earth. Like, I, I love that. And I want, some, I want other people to feel that. I want people to worship. Like, I don't, I've had people like, Lee, yeah, you want me to worship? I don't sing. I, that's fine. Just stand here. Sing in your mind. I don't care. Just be a part of it. Just be in the room. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I just I understand to a point what Paul's feeling here. I just want you to think for a minute. Think about this relationship that you have with God. Think about the relationship that you have with people. Now, I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, and I'm sure I speak for David for this too, there is nothing more amazing and more fulfilling than to see people have a relationship with God Amen. to the point that that changes them. Yeah. To watch somebody get excited about their eternity. To watch somebody get excited about life change. To watch somebody get excited about, hey, hey, I get to go to church. I get to worship. I get to tell my neighbor about Jesus. Like, I get excited about that. Like, like I said before, whether, whether, it's, whether it's through coming together and, and having service here, whether it's the worship, whether it's the message, whether it's the life groups, whether it's the you know, kids, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're here with other believers that get it. And that was Paul's heart here. That was Paul's heart in this, in, in right here at the end of chapter 2. Is it when, 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 when I think about when Jesus comes and I think about this crown that I'm going to have on my head, that I think about the boasting that I get to do to Jesus, guess what I'm going to boast about? I'm not going to boast about all the stuff that I did. I'm going to boast about you. I think about that. Like, I love my church. And, and, and I've, I've grown up in church. I'm not going to lie. I've been, I've, been, I've been in some that, are, that, are, that I love, but I wanted to, to I'm not going to get violent, but y'all understand where I'm going with that. Beat them over the head with the Bible. I love my church. Like, i just give you a little bit about, I mean, my heart. Okay, God, this, I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit right now. I love, I love my people out here on worship on the welcome team. I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna say it. I'm biased. It's the greatest welcome team in all the world. But I sit out here and I watch. I watched it just for a minute today, and I try to get a chance to watch it. I get a chance, I try to get a chance to watch it every Sunday. But to watch the face on some of these people, to watch, like, to watch Matt Jones at the door or Ethan this morning. 
like to see their face light up when somebody comes walking around the corner. To, to, see, to, to walk outside at the welcome tent and see all the kids, which they'll stay out there for five minutes. They're like, we want to serve, we want to serve. But you know, then they're all back inside because it's cold outside. But just to stand there and watch the excitement of having somebody walk up that they've never seen before and go, oh, is this somebody like, that's, I, don't, I don't believe I know them. This is, you know. To watch Dan and Ethan, especially Ethan this morning, like I, I, both of y'all, y'all like, y'all like the dance out in the parking lot, and I love that. <laughs> they get it. And I love that. I love being a part of a church that get it. Like, they don't, they do that. And I'm talking about all our welcome team. They do that because they love people. Like, I love being able to stand up here on the stage and sing with this worship team. Because it doesn't matter who's up here, whether it's Ashley standing beside me or Quentin standing beside me or Caitlin whether it's uh, uh, Nathan behind me or over here on the keys. Doesn't matter who's up here. DW is always up here. It doesn't matter who's up here. I know. They love people. They love to worship with people. They love to lead you in worship. You know how I know that? I know that because I've heard their heart. I'm just going, I'm going to brag a minute on, 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 on Luke and Nicole. I'll brag on them for a minute. I've been, I've been in a lot of different worship settings. I've led worship before. I've been a part of worship teams. This is one of those worship teams that's different because they care about the spiritual well-being of their people. This is a life group up here as much as it is the worship band. They love people. I see where I'm going with this. We're getting ready to have a volunteer meeting in a little while. And every one of the people that are going to stay, y'all are crazy because you volunteer with kids. And I can say that because I'm one of them too. I love kids. But like you love to share Jesus with kids. Like I've sat up there and watched in the nursery. Like the, the, the people that have been in the nursery, Darian and, and Julie and, and uh, Ivan, bless your heart, Ivan. I don't know another man in this church that would go up there and sit in that nursery. I don't know if I could do it. Hmm? Ryan, bless your heart. But man, you'll be like, y'all love, y'all love the little children. Y'all love, like, the, just, just the thought of that. Like, the people who are doing the, the pre-K and 5K, that's pretty much everybody, okay? I, I'm not going to try to name people that do pre-K and 5K because everybody's done it. But, like, they love people. They love you guys enough to where they're like, hey, give me your kids for an hour or so so I can love on them so you can go worship. Love people. Let me tell you something that I've seen over the last couple weeks is I've seen this guy right here. I've seen our pastor, David, 
don't know if it's quite as much anguish as Paul had, but it's anguish to watch sometimes how much he cares for you guys. And how, I mean, literally, when he talks about, hey, we don't have time for a podcast because I've been trying to find a church. Listen, I don't know if there's a church in this county or the neighboring county that hasn't heard of Doxa and knows we need a building. (laughs) But the way that he's prayed over just trying to find that place, the way he has sought after God to say, show me something. And the fact that he's, you know, it could be easy. Listen, I've, I've been in there and I'm like, man, I could just throw up my hand sometimes and be like, I don't know. Like, I think I mentioned it one time before. We, we'll just go into a parking lot somewhere. I'm not even, like, at this point, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, God, we'll just, we'll set up shop at, at Walmart. Um, that may not be a bad idea sometimes when you think about it. Um, when people need Jesus, to go, if you go into Walmart at 1030 on a Sunday morning, Lord knows you need Jesus. Um, but he, he loves this church. And he's willing to do whatever. He's willing to go talk to whoever. He's willing to send out letters and phone calls. I mean, I've seen him just on the phone constant with people. Just doing whatever he can because he loves this church. And that's on top of, like, this week. Going to Illinois to be with his dad. I can guarantee you on Thursday... He was probably thinking just as much about you guys as he was his dad. Because <laughs> he loves this church. You see, that's, that's the point what Paul's trying to say here is Paul's just telling you, I love the church. I love the people who love Jesus and want to see hearts changed and want to see people changed. Listen, there's something special here at Doxa, but there's also something special around the world. There's churches that are meeting right now around the world who are filled full of believers, who are worshiping God, who are, who are, who are hearing the word of God preached, who are, are, are thinking about ways, how can I meet a need? How can I go talk to my neighbor? How can I share Jesus with the rest of the world? That's what they're doing right now. And that's what Paul envisioned from the start. That's the reason why he started telling churches, going and building churches. I I, I would love to sit down and and if I could interview Paul and just just ask him that question. Like, did you ever think there would be a time where like the gospel would be spread all over the world? That there would be churches, all of that. Like, we're still planting churches. We're still building, like, churches, churches close their doors for planting churches. It doesn't matter. Like, the, the, the word of the Lord is not going to be stopped. That's why I don't worry. I mean, I, I don't. Like, David could probably, like, he probably gets irritated. But I don't worry about another building. I'm not worried about that. Because the word of God is not going to be stopped here at Doxa. It's not going to be stopped here in the world. Like, people are going to continue to seek after him. And we are going to be a church that continues to seek after those people who need him, who are hurting. Because that's what we've been called to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in our hearts. So this morning, I'm just going to ask a question, and I'll let the band play. I know y'all are like, man, I wish he'd hurry up. I'm actually, too, watching the people out back, so I'm, I'm trying to stall. I'm not. Man. But I don't know where you are in your relationship with God this morning. 
Because see, some of you come in here, and I mean, this can sort of be like a, a rah-rah sermon. I feel like sometimes it can be, you know, like we can, I'm, I'm, build, like I'm building up the church. Yeah, let's go. Um, and let's go, like, you know, win some souls for Jesus. That's great. But I also know there's some people in here this morning who maybe your, your relationship with God is not exactly where it needs to be. Maybe you're listening to me and you're going, man, I just don't know about all that. Like the Holy Spirit hadn't talked to me in a while. I hadn't prayed in a while. I haven't opened my Bible up in a while. I don't, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even have her. Maybe you heard that first point and you zoned out from there on out because you're like, I don't even know what a relationship with God even looks like. So maybe that's, what, maybe that's why you're here this morning. Maybe you need to hear the gospel this morning. Maybe you need to know that God loved you so much that he sent his son on, on, on the cross. He sent him to die on a cross. He sent him to this earth because he loves you. And then he raised him from the dead so that, there, that, that he could have a, a place for you. He wants to fellowship with you. Like, think about that for just a minute. The God of the universe that created this world, he created you in the image of God because he wants to fellowship with you. And he, he made a way to do that. Sin stepped in the picture and broke everything up. But he made a way through Jesus for you to have fellowship with him. Maybe that's it this morning. Maybe you're like, I just need to start my relationship with God. Maybe you need to kickstart your, maybe your, your New Year's resolution that you made, I'm going to get in my Bible, I'm going to pray every day, I'm going to do that. Maybe you made it a week and a half and you're like, man, I just need somebody to jumpstart that. Maybe that's the day. Maybe that relationship with God that you're like, oh man, I'm too busy. You're not too busy. You're here this morning. Maybe that's what you need. Or maybe it's a relationship with people. Maybe God has laid somebody on your heart this morning, and I hope he has, that you either need to reconcile with. Maybe you, you've had, you've, you're holding a grudge against somebody. Maybe there's somebody that you know that's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody that you know. Maybe this morning God has given you a kingdom mindset, an eternity perspective, because you know they need to hear about Jesus. That it's not enough for me just to live my life and, 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 and try, to, try to share my life with them and, and not say anything about Jesus. Maybe it's time to speak up and say something about who Jesus is and what he's doing in my life. Maybe that's where you are this morning. I don't know. But I know this morning that as we come together, God wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to change you from the inside out. And in that relationship, he wants us to have a relationship with other believers and he wants us to be focused on eternity for those that don't know Jesus. It's all about relationships this morning. That's what Paul's talking about. It's all about relationships. So as the band plays, as the band plays this song, if you need to get up and go speak to somebody, if you need to grab somebody, if you need to pray, like this, it's, it's, it's wide open. Whatever you need to do, feel free to do it this morning. Father God, I thank you so much that you've You've, you've given me this opportunity to, to share my relationship that I have with you. Father, that you, you've given me this, 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 I mean, this awesome opportunity to do that, God, because you changed my life. And you continue to show me day in and day out who you are. Father, that you love me, but not only that you love me, but you love this world, that you love this church, that you love these people, that you love the, the people that are outside of this place, the people in this community, Father, that you love these people. 
that that's what it's all about. It's building a relationship with you, God, and then with other people. Father, my prayer, my hope for my life is that I have just an ounce of what Paul had for these people. The longing that he had for these people. The care that he had for these people. Father, I pray this morning that if there's anybody that's got a question, God, about the relationship with you or or maybe maybe they have a relationship that's strained with someone else, God, I pray that you'll just you'll 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 go ahead of that this morning, that you'll that you'll move them into action this morning. Because Father, my prayer for this church is that we become imitators of you. Lord, I love you and we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. In your holy name I pray. Amen. about the topic of this sermon or if you would like someone to follow up with you about applying this to your life please reach out to us at info at doxaupstate.church you are loved